You're listening to Motherhood Unstressed, the podcast that talks all about the realities of being a mom in today's world, but also gives you practical takeaways for making the ride as fun and stress-free as possible. The way we live life is an art. I'm here to remind you of the power you already have to create a truly beautiful life. And if you like what you hear, if it resonates with you, please don't hesitate to leave a five-star review. This helps us get the message out to more and more women and help more and more moms. Thanks. Jessica Calderon is a yoga instructor, shamanic healer, and Reiki master. Through her own need and desire to heal, she immersed herself into learning and perfecting the ancient energy healing art of Reiki and is now using what she learned to serve others. Jessica explains what Reiki is and how it can be used to bring balance back to our minds, bodies, and souls. She shows us that we don't have to go on week-long retreats to find peace, that we can incorporate small but powerful practices into our daily lives for massive positive change. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Jessica is a wealth of knowledge, and I so enjoyed interviewing her. Well, hey, everybody. Uh, Welcome to the show. Uh, I am so excited today because we have Jessica Calderon on the show, and she is amazing. She is a yoga teacher, a Reiki master, shamanic healer, and a wellness coach. She focuses on helping her clients bring balance, healing, and connection to their bodies, minds, and souls. So thank you so much for being here, Jessica. I think this is such an amazing topic. Um, it's just, it's so in line with motherhood and stress and the other guests that we've had on here um, because it's all about self-healing and balance and finding that in our lives. And it's so hard to do, you know, it's something we have to work on every single day. Um, but to have people like you out there who are teaching others and, and professing this on subjects that most people don't really understand or even have heard about. Um, yeah. So thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me here. I love talking about all of this and um, about what I do and um, kind of like what would people understand and learn about through um, Reiki and healing, because I guess um, I feel that there's a lot of potential for people to build this into their practice or their daily uh, self-care routine and all of that. So Absolutely. Absolutely. So why don't you get us started? Um, tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into Reiki, how you found yoga and all these, basically this, this healing profession. Right. So, um, I'm actually originally from New York and, um, I actually grew up as an artist and I love to do oil painting and I love to do, um, little intricate pen drawings. And that was kind of where I was going. And I started, uh, going, getting into graphic design later on in life and realized that it really wasn't my calling. It really, um, just stressed out from deadlines. I didn't feel like I was being creative anymore. And I was really fighting that internally, um, doubting myself and all of these insecurities coming up for me. So, and that was interesting because, I, you know, I played soccer for years. I was very athletic. I was very active. And I remember my friend trying to get me into yoga for about six months. And of course I was like, no, I'm not doing that. Um, And then I finally did. And when I did, I just fell in love with it. I just felt so um, kind of at peace and at home. I loved my teacher and she really helped to guide me into um, kind of learning about myself and, um, 
So I started doing that for a couple of years until I got called into doing the teacher training. But of course, I did it for myself at first. And then I loved it and unraveled so much about myself that I just found that that was my calling. So I started teaching. Um, and then I kind of started to let go of some of the graphic design, but I actually moved to Atlanta about seven years ago and I moved, um, I was married. And so my husband brought us here at the time. Um, and then, you know, we had a little, uh, falling out. So that happened, uh, about like two years after we were here, but I, at that point was kind of working in a lot of my uh, soul work and finding my purpose. And I was very confused about everything that was going on. And I was presented with a shaman, a medium and uh, two Reiki masters at kind of that time in my life. And I kind of saw that as a calling, yeah. um, you know, they were helping to guide me to really find the answers within me. And so I did, um, and so after that journey, kind of working in more yoga, breathing and meditation became very prominent and present for me. And as I worked into that space in my life, I started to feel called to do Reiki. And so I was reintroduced to a Reiki master who I found in Atlanta. And I worked with him doing Reiki level one and two. And then um, found my Reiki master level a couple years later, and it was the right time at that point. I didn't think I was going to do anything with it, just kind of for myself again, mm -hmm. yoga. But after I did it, I was like, no, this has to be something for me. So I started incorporating that within my work, and I just found it to be so um, healing and helping. And even people that weren't open to it started to become more open to it just because they were comfortable with me. They felt comfortable with me. So I really started to work that in, and I saw results, and I felt so um, inclined to really work that. So I, I moved into that space um, and really worked into more of the healing I only became a shaman about uh, a year or so ago, and I love it. Just, again, more deeper healing, inner child work, releasing patterns. Which is huge. And working with nature. Yes, of course. So um, really love all of that. I mean, I truly love what I do, working and coming at all angles from the body, the mind, the emotional body, and the energetic body, just looking at everything and everyone as a whole. That's so amazing. And that's so important. I feel like, again, that's not something that we were taught in school to, you know, maybe nutrition or maybe exercise, but you never are taught about meditation or breath work and how everything really does work together to create a balanced sense of well-being. And so I'm just, I'm so thrilled that you're here to talk about this and, and just to, you know, even plant a seed for someone who's listening, who's never heard of Reiki, who, you know, maybe has done a couple flow yoga classes and, you know, for, for a workout. But I think just by talking about this, it does, it really does plant a seed of, for when people are starting to feel imbalanced, they notice it. And then they're like, you know, something's off. And then maybe they'll come back to this conversation and go, well, you know, maybe I'm not breathing deeply right now. You right. know, maybe I have really shallow breaths or, you know, maybe, you know, something's going on that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm covering up with eating too much or I'm covering up with other way, you know, other means of, mm -hmm. of dealing with it. And, and maybe this will, 
will get them thinking about, you know, absolutely coming together. Yeah. But, but for those who, who have never heard of Reiki, who don't even know what it is, could you explain to us what is Reiki and, and what is it used for? Sure. So Reiki is a form of subtle energy healing. So if you can imagine, we're all energy. We're all made of energy. We're, our physical body is more dense. So we see it in that way, but we're constantly interacting with everyone else's energy. Think about like our personal space. When you come into our personal space, we can feel you. We feel comfortable. We don't feel comfortable. We're constantly reacting to energies around us. Some people are more sensitive to them as others. So um, some people are a little bit more open to them, uh, you know, as opposed to some others. So some people know exactly what I'm talking about when I'll say, you know, oh, you're affected by walking in a room and you can feel like some negative energy or you walk into a room and you feel really happy and feel drawn to certain things. That is all part of that energy field of I'm drawn to this one. I'm not drawn to that one. I have this feeling and sensation, even like our gut feelings. All of that is this antenna of work that our body works with energetically. So, um, so how the Reiki works is it, it's an intelligent form of energy that moves through someone. So say I'm working with someone moves through my crown. And again, it goes to where it needs to go. I don't have to direct it. Um, and it works on the energetic and subtle body. So if you can imagine that our mind and our emotional body is extremely powerful and every thought that we think and every emotion that we have, we're attracting that same thing constantly. So if we're constantly negative, we're constantly attracting those negative energies towards us, right? If we're very positive and happy and we're going to be attracting that. So an energy, the more it's negative, the more dense it becomes, so if we have these thoughts that are negative, we're, we're kind of attracting that. We're bringing it into our space and it becomes a, a substance and sits in our body as inflammation. Wow. So if we're constantly negative and we have a vulnerable spot in our body, say we've had trauma already there or, you know, something, you know, physically happening or something mentally happening or emotionally happening and we have that spot in our body. Like for instance, I know for me, it could be my lower back. When I get stressed out, I know it's not something physically I've done. It's more, oh, I got to check where my mind is or what am I thinking about lately? Am I fearful? Am I, and I can, you know, rewire my brain and start to think in more of a positive way, knowing that that's what's happening. The more awareness that we have of ourselves in these places, we can start to reassess the situation and choose where we want to be with that. So again, as we kind of move into this negative energy, we're pulling it in, it's sitting in our body as inflammation, and now we feel it in the physical body. And if you can imagine like when we're sick, when we physically show that symptom, it's not necessarily it's happening right at that moment. Over possibly the past seven days, we were with someone or our immune system was shot or our resistance was low. And so we started to develop this sickness and we didn't take care of ourselves or we were stressed out and boom, it hits us. And that's the physical manifestation as the last stage. Wow. So it's really intense. So as I, as I would work with someone, the Reiki will help to unblock or, or, kind of um, thinking about like a cold, like congestion in the body. 
So it, it releases that congestion so that the body can flow nicely, um, have this, the prana or the chi or the ki and reiki is the energy flow. So if you can imagine like acupuncture, you know, moving that flow of energy helps to stimulate and open up these lines and meridians in the body so that the energy can flow right, so that our, our organs can function properly as well. So if we have all this congestion in our body from the mental and the physical and the emotional part of us, then our body's not really working at full capacity and full potential. So by working on that energetic body, we can release that and then we can help with the physical, like eating right and taking care of our bodies in a physical way. And then the emotional, the mental and energetic kind of go together in that way with Reiki so that we can help to kind of release that. And then the healing really starts from the inside out. Wow. And so, I mean, that's, that's such an amazing description of it because, you know, full disclosure, I have taken the Reiki level one class and I learned so much from it. It was amazing. And, you know, I started doing the Reiki on myself and, and felt a lot of, actually a lot of um, resistance come up. And I think, it, you know, I discovered that I actually did have a lot of blockages in, in my energy and my mental state that I needed to work through. And so that was, you know, when I first started, it was kind of like, I don't like yeah. this, you know, this yeah. is uncomfortable. I don't want to deal with these emotions and these feelings. Like what? I didn't even know I had this going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's interesting you say that. So could you take us really quickly through the different, for this, through the seven chakras, just so people can have that sure. as a kind of knowledge? Sure. So, um, seven different chakras, which is what I typically would work on with someone in a session. Um, But, you know, we do have millions of chakras and chakras are energy centers in our body. Think of it as like energy wheels. Um, So kind of working through that. So the crown chakra is the top of your head and it deals with how we accept wisdom, letting it flow through us and connection to higher self It's also associated with like the thought element, um, the, um, it's a purple in color, like a violet purple. And, um, it, it enables us to, again, connect and feel more connected to that higher power, um, whatever you want to call it there, Mm -hmm. um, and enable us to, to really connect in this wisdom and inner knowing, Then we have our third eye chakra, which is at our um, space between our brows. And that's associated with more of like an indigo purple bluish color. And that's associated with our clear seeing, um, our focus, our perception, and our intuition. So being able to accept that and and be with that. Um, And it is moving through into our throat chakra, which is more of a sky blue color. And that's associated with speaking our truth, being honest with ourselves and others, also listening. So do we truly listen when people talk or are we just kind of thinking about something else to speak about after? So that's another part of it. Um, Then we have um, our our heart chakra, which is associated with like a green color or a pink color, which would be like a higher frequency and vibration to love and peace and compassion. So that's that's where that space is. Then we have our solar plexus, which is just at the base of our rib cage. And I always like to envision the sun, like this bold, fiery, powerful sun. And our solar plexus is yellow and it's associated with 
confidence and willpower and strength and courage. You know, our ego and intelligence can lie within that as well. And there's always these different balances. So each chakra uh, and each energy center is, you know, we could be overactive or underactive. And there's all these different characteristics associated with each one. But a nice, healthy balance would be, I feel strong. I'm not overpowering or aggressive, but I feel strong and confident. Mm-hmm. There's that fine line between the two. Then there's um, sacral chakra, which is kind of at your navel, belly button area. And that is an orange color. And that's associated with our kind of emotional body, our water body, our more um, feelings like joy and, and creativity, how we create. So this is where our life starts, right? In our belly. So having that. Um, and then our root chakra, which is kind of like base of our spine perineum area. And that would be grounding trust, um, feeling stable, secure in life. And it's associated with a red color. And then I also work with people's feet too, because that is another part that's very receptive to energy as well. The soles of our feet and, and, um, and hands as well. So again, working the body, working the different chakras and areas to be aligned and more balanced, finding our purpose that can help into, I've worked with people that shift a lot and like change their jobs, um, change their whole focus because they have some sort of an awakening as well. So there's a lot that comes through here when, um, and it could be very powerful. And it's also how receptive you're open to it because everyone has a different reaction in how they um, kind of receive the Reiki, but nothing is right or wrong. So that's so interesting. So can anyone do Reiki on themselves? Um, And then if so, where can it be done? When can it be done? So... Uh, Right. So if you're attuned to Reiki, you know, like Reiki level one is usually more self Reiki, you working the Reiki on yourself. Reiki two would be if you're a Reiki level two um, practitioner. Now you have certain tools, you can also work distance healing. And so And then there's master level, which is you can teach and you can actually, um, there are a couple other symbols that you learn, but there's also um, a deeper rooted healing there. But really there's no like, oh, you have to only use a Reiki master. It doesn't mean that, you know, a Reiki level two person is not as strong or as, you know, as great as of an experience than a master. So there's really no ego involved here. It's, it's Mm -hmm. whatever you get that you connect with. Like I've had people where I just don't feel connected with, Mm -hmm. doesn't happen a lot, but yeah, of course, it's just like being a yoga teacher and not connecting with every single student. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. That's why there's so many yoga teachers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, you have your person or people or group of people. It's like your team of healers, your team of um, wellness people all the time. So anybody can um, get Reiki done on them. I've I've worked with pregnant women. I've worked on um, even like babies you can, you can work on. It's a healing energy. It's not going to harm ever. Mm -hmm. Now, if there's someone who has a bad intention, um, you know, that's not good, but again, Reiki cannot actually harm. So it's just a healing modality. It's helping to clear and make space and bring you into more of who you truly are. So again, anybody can get it done. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and there's always opinions of people and, you know, this is my own opinion. (laughs) So, um, 
And then as far as, you know, working with others, um, who can actually perform Reiki. So we all have this natural ability of healing. We can send healing vibes to people. We can send our love energy to people. It may not be Reiki. Reiki is a certain thread of energy. Mm. So, but again, we can always send. So we're very healing beings. And again, with good intentions and coming from our heart, we can always send out good energy to people and have and bring healing to people. Now with Reiki, you can... um, you can send Reiki when you're in uh, Reiki level two is when you learn distance and how to send the Reiki from a distance. So you can work with people remotely. And I've done that as well. I don't have to have someone sitting right in front of me to work with them. I can perform a session from my home as if they're here. And then I send the distance healing to them. And then personally, um, And this doesn't happen with every Reiki session, but in my sessions, I work with crystals and I work with oils for aromatherapy, but I also pick up messages. I work with the angelic realm and the spirit animals, and I work with um, different, you know, Reiki masters through the spiritual realm. So I do pick up readings on people, and then I usually talk to them about it after, and then I will kind of send them a recap email of everything that was um, brought up. So that's also helpful for them because I work with people usually, um, you know, depending on the person, but monthly, mm-hmm. relatively speaking. So it gives them a chance to do some work, to, yeah. to really work on themselves and have this kind of acceptance and awakening of what they need to work on. Maybe they know it already. Sometimes people come to me and it's a confirmation of what they already know. And sometimes and I think that's like, really important to say, like, you know, yes, you can, you can do your job as much as possible to heal them, but then you also have to do the work on yourself. Like absolutely you get through it without doing the work. Exactly. And that's the thing. I mean, it's just like anything, you know, you can work with someone, but you in the end have to get out of your own hole. Like someone can help pick you up out of the hole, but you can go right back into it if you want to. Right. So it's your choice to continue on your path, to continue doing your work. And again, you have all your people that support you, that's around you, that's there for you, your healers, your you know practitioners, your friends, your family, whatever that you know support team looks like. But it's up to you to really do your own work. Yeah. And I think it's important, you know, some people listening might feel like they don't really have that huge support system. You know, they just are getting into this and they know they want to get better, but they don't really know where to start or they feel like, you know, their friends and family, you know, would not resonate with this at all, would maybe, you know, poke fun at them. Like what, what would be your advice to them to kind of, to still be able to find that path of healing and to be consistent with it um, and stick to it? Um, yeah, so I actually was one of those people at some point. Um, so I just kept being open and, um, started to ask, you know, through yoga, like even in my yoga classes, like I started to meet people and started to kind of branch out into more like-minded people and understanding certain things. And people were just presented to me and I was open enough to understand that that's what it was. Um, so, you know, I would just keep, you know, the advice that I would give to people is just be open to seeing what's presented to you and ask in contemplation, in prayer, in meditation, whatever it is, find some stillness and be with yourself and ask the question, um, you know, 
what do I need to see or who do I need to meet? And you'll know when they come to you, like, cause you've asked that question, you put it out there. Mm-hmm. You'll know, like someone will be presented to you. Like someone's going to listen to this podcast. Right. Like, Oh, okay. Like I need to, you know, meet you or meet me or that's where I need to go. Or, you know, so it's all of these signs that are around us constantly that we will connect with. Yeah. And I think, I mean, this could be a whole nother podcast, the topic of manifestation, um, because I find that I've gotten actually really good at it. And so I'll put something out, you know, during meditation or just before I go to bed, I'll just have a thought and be like, you know, please give me some guidance regarding this, or please, you know, show me who I need to meet to, you know, do whatever is needed at that time. And it used to be, oh, maybe a week, maybe two weeks. Now it's like the next day, like it, crazy how this works. So, I mean, I fully resonate with that. Um, you know, asking it, putting it out there and then, you know, it, it, it appears for you, like whatever you need, once you ask it, like it never fails, you know, and you, and you believe it and you have that emotion behind it of, yes, I'm, I'm ready to accept this and I'm open to this. It comes, it comes. Absolutely. And it's, and it's amazing how, again, that's another way of how we're connected. Right. right. Energetically, we put that energy out there and it comes back if it's right for us. Right. So some things may not be right for us, but the more we're on our path and the more we're seeking what's true and the more truthful we are with ourselves of what we're surrounding ourselves with and what we're doing, that manifestation, we, we really align with what we already know to be true. Yes. So we're actually creating in a very more, um, I guess, quick turnaround time because we're in that place of receiving the more we do our work. It's so fascinating. I love it because I feel like, you know, in 10, 20 years, the science behind everything that we're talking about will catch up and be like, oh, actually we are all energy fields and you can attract this and do that. And we can measure it. Like, look at the screen. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like that's coming and it started to with meditation and yoga. They've done a lot of studies on the benefits of it, like actually increasing your brain capacity and, and, you know, reducing your stress response. I mean, it's, it's amazing. And I feel like it's so the future of science, you know, for us now. And there is so much, I'm always fascinated with the physical body and just all the other elements. It's like, here we are in this physical body. And then not only do we have these physical systems going on within us, then we have this whole energy system going on within us and different aspects of that. And then we have all these different sheets and all these different, I mean, it's just like fascinating. And it's like, how does that all fit everywhere? (laughs) But it is. And it's, it's really fascinating, all of it. And I continue to be a student. Um, What I know is just from experience and, and going through all of this has been so amazing for me, but I'm constantly open to receive whatever it is that's next for me. So I think that's so important too, because it's like you at that time in your life, the beginning 10 years ago, needed a certain kind of healing and you brought that in and you did the work and then you've taken that one step further and you're helping others. And I find that that's so commendable. I mean, because we can all, you know, work to heal ourselves and that could be the priority in our lives and that's okay. But to be able to expand even more so to take what you've learned and, and how good you felt and then to share that with others. I think that that's really special. And I think that that's really important. So thank you. Yes. I know. Thank you for being you. 
Thank you. Yeah. Well, yeah. and it's funny because you know, knowing me now, I was a very introverted, shy, never spoke person who would never imagine that I was leading groups of people and teaching anything. Um, that was probably my biggest fear and that's what I pushed through. But, um, yeah, so many insecurities when I was little and growing up. So the fact that I'm doing what I'm doing now, um, just is, kind of shocking to me in a way, <laughs> looking at my childhood and everything, but no, but I think so that that's, almost, that I, that's what almost gives you your qualification because you did deal with such, you know, suffering in a way, or, you uh, know, you're able to see it in others and you're able to bring others out of it because you recognize it. And yet you're all, you've been on that playing field before. And I find that with most healers, they've gone through something substantial in their youth or, you know, in their adult yeah. lives. And that's why they're so good. because they recognize they can see it in other people and they're like okay I understand what you're going through maybe not intimately but I've been there I've been in a dark place that place right and this is how you do it oh I just love it (laughs) so going back to Reiki yeah um, typical like what do you do with the client if you do have one you know whether it's through Skype or you know you're actually physically in the room what do you typically do what's a what's a normal session like So a normal session would be about a 60-minute session that I usually do. And they would lay on a table. So if it's in person, they would lay on a table, um, fully clothed. And I, again, kind of work through the the different chakras of your body. Um, If someone comes to me for a specific thing, I'll work specifically on that area for a longer period of time, maybe majority of the session. But ideally, I do work the whole body just to make sure that there's not anything else, um, you know, working within that issue. Um, I do place crystals on all the different chakras, um, vibrating to certain areas. I sometimes meditate a little bit before the session, um, just to get some information of what I need to prepare, Hmm. whether it be the crystals that I bring, the different aromatherapy that I use, and, um, And then maybe there's some place of the body that I need to work on. So just intuitively picking that up. But then as they're there, they have the crystals. I use some aromatherapy. I do have some kind of guided meditation that I work through first. And I do some clearing with some smoke, um, Palo Santo. So that's a little bit more of like the shaman coming in as well. But I do some clearing if someone does not want the smoke or if I go to someone's house and they do not want that, then I do a spray of um, Palo Santo or um, oils of sage and stuff. So I, I will use that. And then I typically work from head to toes and kind of working on each center. If I'm guided to a certain part of the body, I will work on that part. And, um, I do play like a little bit of like relaxing sound bowl music in the background for the most part or some water or something very soothing to kind of create the space of relaxation. Now, however, you do not need to do all of that to have Reiki on, you know, performed on you. So, you know, the crystals and the oils and the music, that's just kind of an added thing that makes the session that I created. So, and there are a lot of different, um, types of sessions out there from other people. So if it's not that, it's not like it's not Reiki. (laughs) Um, But uh, so I kind of just followed suit with that. Um, And working through the different chakras. um, And then at the end, like I said earlier, I kind of jot down some notes 
and um, whatever I picked up through the session, I will have a discussion with them mm. and I will let them know all of this prior to the session. And, um, and then I send them a recap after in an email a couple of days later. So, and when I'm sending them the recap, I tend to do a little bit of a meditation just on that again, in case anything comes up or I missed anything. So, yeah. Wow. That sounds amazing. Um, so, I mean, you said that some people that you've worked with have like changed careers and you know, yeah, changed their life. what are some success stories that you've had with your, uh, so I actually, um, one came to mind right away, a physical thing, but it wound up being some emotional. So I had a, um, a person come to me with a shoulder injury that they had for like two years and, um, it was bothering them all the time. And they had come laid down on my table. I did a session, found a lot of emotional stuff coming up that was attached to that space, helped to release it. And literally like right after they got off the table, they were like, Oh my God, like the, the pain's gone. Like, how did yeah. you do that? And what did you do? And yeah. so that was, um, but it was an emotional kind of like clinging and attachment. So just like that, where I had mentioned, you know, a physical ailment in the body, especially if it's chronic, doesn't mm-hmm necessarily mean that it's physical. It could be this emotional kind of uh, inflammation that's hiding in a space that's vulnerable in the body. So what typically, I mean, is it a typical type of emotional distress that's more prevalent, like in the shoulders? Um, What's So shoulders could be burdens, like holding onto burdens or heavy weight, but also it tends to be very heart centered as well. So it could be something heart, it could be something throat because it kind of is in between like a little bit of the two. Mm -hmm. Um, I know like space between the heart, that could be um, support of love. Like, so it could be you're not feeling supported by a loved one or not feeling supported by someone who you would like to feel supported by. Um, You know, wrist stuff would be you're holding on to something. You're not letting go. And, um, you know, headaches or especially migraines could be, you're not allowing, you're getting so much intuition and downloads that you're not allowing it to come through. It's blocking. So it's sitting there and it's creating this like pain in the, in the head. So there's all these different things like, you know, not speaking your truth. It's, it's so interesting. Like someone could lose their voice. And that could be, you're not saying something or you're not speaking your truth or so it's kind of like blocking you. It's like, if you're not going to speak your truth, you're not going to speak at all. Um, Yeah. So, or, you know, you have a soft throat, like paying attention to that. So the things that we notice that, that are in and manifest in the physical body, you know, not just looking at it from a physical standpoint, like what else is going on emotionally with you? What else is going on mentally with you? And really, you know, looking at that as well. That sentence was huge. I think if anyone is listening to any of this podcast, I think that sums everything up perfectly. You know, it's, it's that self-awareness. It's that really, you know, tuning into yourself and what's really going on and being, being able to sit with that and, and it's not comfortable and it's not necessarily nice, but it's so crucial to our health and well-being. It's so important. And, you know, that alone, I think, is life-changing. That can transform someone's life if they just start little baby steps doing that, whether it's sitting for three minutes in quiet and just being like, okay, I'm going to do a, a scan and what's going on right now? Because I don't feel right. I don't know what, why I don't feel right, but something's up. 
Absolutely. That can, that's life-changing. Absolutely. I mean, everything comes down to awareness. If we're not aware of things, we can't change anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's really, really important. That's why meditation and mindfulness is so important for us, just to really be present with ourselves. And that's truly what we're looking to create, awareness. So, yeah. yeah. And I feel like once that's established, it's like the eating falls into place and the working out falls into place. And it's not like you need to go run 10 miles. You don't. Like, you need to just move your body every day and feel Exactly. And right. Awesome. We're more aware of what works for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I grew up, I grew up playing soccer too. I was in track, you know, I was very like, if I wasn't running and doing high cardio, I felt like I wasn't really working out. Right. And then bring in the meditation and the self-awareness. I immediately drop like 10 to 15 pounds. Yeah. I start doing yoga more, weightlifting. And it's like, I just reached this like homeostasis. And now it's like, I don't even really have to think about it. I don't worry about it. And it was just that little shift, you know, to bring in more self-awareness and more self-healing that everything else was, was stabilized. I mean, it was amazing. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that really like, you know, when it feeds our soul, when it's right for us, we prioritize it. We all have the same hours in a day. And, you know, whenever we say we don't have time, it's just not a priority for us. Yes. Once we start to see results and benefits, we will fit that in. Yes, absolutely. So I want to end um, with the same question that I ask every guest who's on the show. And it's a great way to kind of round out the interview and just bring more um, self-awareness, I guess. Um, So the question is, what is something that you've learned in life that you wish someone would have told you earlier on? Um, okay. So one thing that I have really truly embraced is, um, experience everything. And I'm saying that, and it kind of, I don't want to say it goes against what you're saying, but, um, the reason why I say that is because I was given advice throughout my life. And I, um, you know, I mean, I was in a horrible, abusive relationship and, you know, so many, and when I was little and, you know, so many people were like, get out of it, get out of it. And I, and I knew I needed to, but I stuck in it. And it's almost like if I didn't experience the fullness of that, I would have never learned in order to move on to another place. Or if I got out earlier than I did, maybe I would have fallen back into that same pattern because I wasn't able to, you know, get stronger or, or whatever it was. So I think that experiencing everything, taking advice, absolutely, and listening to people, but whatever truly feels right for you, do what you need to do for you. Experience everything so that you can choose and make the decision. Let's trust ourselves more. Let's trust and be able to connect a little bit more so that we honor and and really truly connect because we all are intuitive. We all have this ability to understand what's truly right for us, but we seek outside all the time. And I'm not saying that that's wrong because we do need a healthy balance. But when you're seeking outside and you're not ever going in, there's a disconnect Mm -hmm. and you're constantly not trusting. So again, coming back to the idea of experiencing everything as you need so that you can grow. And I think that um, 
that was like a big thing for me growing up and then just hearing it a lot too. Well, that's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) So if people want, um, want to work with you or they have more questions, how can they find you? Um, so you can find me on my website. So the J way.com. And I have retreats on there that I lead. I also have um, my sessions, any uh, workshops and events in Atlanta, but I also have some online programs that I'm launching as well so that you don't just have to live in Atlanta to work with me, um, doing remote healings, all of that, um, through zoom video. So I do that as well. And, um, and then I also do some sessions at infinity. I do the Reiki trainings at infinity yoga in Brookhaven. So I do that as well. So either place, um, you can always go right to my website though, and contact me through there. And, um, so again, the j-way.com. Awesome. So amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your story and, you. and just bringing all this knowledge. I mean, I feel like I learned a ton just from talking to you again and I've taken your class, but I want to do more. <laughs> Thank you so much. I love it. And I love talking about this. So I know I can talk all day about it. <laughs> awesome.